Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help their fellow men, hoping we can make it Welcome, welcome everyone to uh, Blog Talk Radio, our, actually our first show in 2024, and uh, yes, we are still here and alive and kicking. We took a little break over the holidays, and uh, I got some questions from some folks about, you know, what's happening to Blog Talk. Well, we are here, and we are happening, and we will continue to happen. So uh, keep checking in, and uh, we'll we've got uh, even more more and more guests, more people to introduce you to uh, this year that you've never met or known about. Um, the more I read, the more I want to get people on and have them talk about their thoughts and what's going on. That's what we love here about Blog Talk Radio is just the opportunity to talk some to some believers who are really living their their life out there in the marketplace. That that's really the point. And uh that's what we love to discuss here. And um uh we will uh we'll just continue to do more of the same. Our guest our first guest here in 2024 um, is no one new to anyone at the catch because he is none other than Mike High, our uh, Vanguard, uh, one of our Vanguard members, and he is uh, he was the chairman of our last uh, uh, fundraising campaign and has been uh, an incredible support to the catch now for a number of years and um, we are so glad to have him as a guest and we're, what we're going to talk about uh, tonight is um, what uh, just a few things to get some context about Mike's life and uh, what he's been doing and but uh, there's a whole new venture uh, that he's very excited about I think and um, we we want to hear from him about that. So uh, here we go. Uh, Mike, are you with us? I want to welcome you to Blog Talk Radio. I I am with you, John. And uh, <laughs> after that upbeat uh, introduction music, I'm dancing around in my office. <laughs> uh, glad to be here. I know. I know, I know, I know. I love that song. It's it's the perfect intro. So, um, all right. Well, Mike, you know, uh, some people already know that you're uh, you 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 had a career in the Air Force as a fighter pilot, and uh, gosh, you know how you can't get more exciting than that. Um, so, I'd love to just to put this in context to talk a little bit about 
uh, how ha- how that happened. Uh, that's that's a pretty elite group. Uh, how did you, you know, was that tough to get in? And tell us uh, maybe uh, some of your some of your high point experiences uh, being uh, being in the Air Force. Sure. Uh, you know, I like to say I used to be cool. I used to be a fighter pilot. <laughs> um, you know, I, I grew up in uh, lower Michigan in a small town, and all I ever wanted to be was a fighter pilot. Didn't want to fly really? airlines or, or anything like that. That's really, uh, that was my life's goal. Uh, oh, so I went to, uh, went to University of Michigan on a uh, ROTC scholarship. Went to pilot training right away. Uh, spent nearly 26 years active duty in the Air Force. Uh, flew jets the entire time. I started out uh, being an instructor pilot in the T-38 before I got into the F-16 after about five years in the Air Force. And uh, it, it was just, it was fabulous. It was a great thing to do. Uh, it was the most fun job you can imagine. Wow. Uh, it took all over the world, lived in for a year, lived in West Germany for three years. Uh, then the Air Force brought me to uh, Arizona, and uh, I've been in Arizona now for uh, just over 30 years. Wow. Uh, spent the last 17 years active duty actually in Arizona, uh, but wow. flying again flying all over the world. So so it, it was great. It was a great career. Uh, I'm happy to have done it. Are you, uh, now, are are you totally retired from the military or are you still I- involved in some way? Totally retired. Uh, okay. I actually retired just, uh, good heavens, just over uh, 16 years ago. Oh. Time to well, apply. In- are you there? Yeah, I, I'm here. I just said time sure flies. Yeah, I'll say. Oh, I didn't. But now, for for those 16 years, you were still working for for uh, defense, isn't that right? I guess I got that confused. I thought you were still involved in the Air Force when you were doing that. No, uh, I was in the defense industry for actually. 14, the first 14 of those 16 years, okay. uh, I worked for a very large contractor and, and led programs. And, uh, yeah, that was fun. It wasn't flying jets, but it was uh, mm-hmm. very, very satisfying. Did uh, did you When you were with the Air Force, did you ever see any combat? I did not. Uh, I, you know, I like to say that when I was in Germany is when uh, – the affair with uh, the first Gulf War basically happened in 1990 and 91. And uh, I was in Germany, and you didn't see anyone invading Germany while I was there. That that was my contribution is uh, just uh, protecting the wine fields in Germany. I see. Wow. Wow. What was uh, what would you say was a a high point? Um, of that uh, of that whole experience for you, I'm sure there were many, but I mean, give sure. us give us one story, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, 
Many people have heard of the uh, the aircraft boneyard, which is here in Tucson, where I am now. At yes. Davis Monson Air Force Base. That's where aircraft that the Air Force or the Marines or the Navy no longer need, and they uh, they stockpile them. Thousands of planes, uh, aircraft. Uh, one of the fun jobs I got to do was several times I took a jet from the boneyard after it has been cleaned up and refurbished, uh, took it overseas to a, a foreign military sales uh, buyer. Uh, so I went to uh, Thailand twice. I went to uh, Jordan, Turkey, and uh, three times to uh, Italy delivering aircraft that had been in the boneyard for several years uh, to our allies when they uh, when they bought them. So, huh. so that was a lot. Oh, that sounds great. Now, did, did were you by yourself, or did you fly with a uh, you know with other with other planes and other flyers, like a squadron or something? Uh, sure, that's a, a good question. Typically, we go anywhere from two to five airplanes at a time. Uh, we. We always like to, uh, when we're flying overseas, we always like to have a buddy just in case something goes wrong. They can at least mark where you bailed out. And uh, Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, wow. but those were all overseas flights with multiple air-to-air refuelings. So, so just a lot of fun. Yeah. Mike, I, I started, you know, I started hearing you about you uh, seeing you involved in in the catch oh gosh years ago um and i think you know soon you became a i believe you became a member partner i i just remember seeing your name long before i ever really met you and started to to uh, you know hear more about your story um i'm curious as to where the Lord fits in to all of this, how long have you been a believer? Has it been a long time, or was was that a uh, you know is that a conversion somewhere along the way? Well, uh, you, you know, you you had a big part in that, John. Actually, I uh, grew up uh, going to church with my parents, uh, but not really understanding really what was going on. Uh, and then mm. when I was 11 years old, I got a, a paper route, so we stopped going to church on Sunday because I was delivering newspapers. Uh, then uh, once I got in the Air Force, I started coming into contact with uh, people who really believed uh, in the Lord, uh, really believed in the message of mm. the uh, the Bible especially the New Testament. So it was kind of a gradual thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, around 2002 or 2003, uh, I read uh, The Purpose Driven Life, and uh, that really moved me uh, closer uh, to mm-hmm. being what we would call a believer. And mm-hmm. that's when I discovered uh, when you were writing for Purpose Driven Life, the uh, daily devotional. Right. Uh, so that. That's the first time I heard about you. Uh, you know, I was in, I started college in 1978, and uh, I 
kind of was just a year or two late for the uh, the Jesus movement mm-hmm. of the 70s. Uh, but uh, your writing really, uh, really struck me as, oh, being personal. Uh, you know, it, it brought the word to me in person. And uh, so mm-hmm. uh, when you left Purpose, I followed you to the catch. And uh, I guess the rest is history. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been a gradual thing. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, now you have uh, you have a wife. Uh, you have uh, two kids. Uh, tell me just a little bit about your family and and a bunch of horses. <laughs> yes, I'm afraid along with the wife and the daughter come lots of horses. Uh, so. <laughs> We're blessed to live on an eight-acre property in Tucson. Uh, we're blessed to have some animals in our lives. Um, and it, it, it's just a beautiful place that I live. Uh, so I, I'm you know, counting my blessings, uh, certainly, every day. Uh, my daughter lives in San Diego. She's got a Ph.D. in cancer biology and uh, is working, obviously, in biotech. Uh, my son is uh, actually running one of the uh, businesses we have here in Tucson, uh, providing shared housing to those uh, people who are at risk for homelessness. Uh, so he's doing he's doing just great. My wife is uh, doing great, also uh, taking care of the horses and the dogs and the cats. And uh, she's a retired cancer nurse. Uh, so wow. she had, uh, uh, you know, a working life giving to uh, cancer mm. patients, especially uh, women, uh, breast mm. cancer patients. So, yeah, it's, so, it's all good. Yeah, that's great. Well, t- tell us about now. Tell us about this new, this new venture. You mentioned just a little bit about the uh, the housing. Um, uh, tell us what you're into now and. Uh, you know, it's been a little over a year, I guess. Um, and how is it going? Sure. Uh, just about a year ago, uh, I founded a nonprofit corporation. Uh, first as an Arizona nonprofit, and then uh, we got our IRS 501c3 uh, determination letter uh, last summer. So we... We're called the Aim High Housing Foundation, and what we do is provide homes for shared housing, I should say, uh, for those at risk for homelessness. I mean, this could include transitional housing for people coming out of jail or prison. This could include uh, veterans. Uh, we're renting one house. We, we have several veterans living in it. Uh, so. We're primarily focused on those in recovery from alcohol or drug abuse, mm-hmm. and most of them are justice involved. Uh, so what we do is we provide a nice house in a nice neighborhood where they can feel safe. Uh, the residents pay uh, by, by the bed, by the week. Uh, so, so they pay for their own lodging. Uh, they pay for their own food. 
Uh, they're required to get a job. Uh, they're required to follow house rules. Uh, you know, it, it's transitional housing. It's often known as uh, clean and sober housing or drug-free housing. Uh, in that, we have house rules, and they have to follow the rules. Hmm. Uh, so we've currently got uh, three houses that we're operating ourselves. We've got about 20 people in those three houses total. Uh, we're opening a fourth house uh, within a, a week or two, and we've already got a, uh, a waiting list for that. So uh, it, wow. it's it's very fine. Uh, just, uh, you know, I, I just get a, the, uh, the, the people who live in these, uh, these homes are, are so grateful to have a nice place. And in fact, that's the, uh, the comment I get most from our residents is that they are just thankful that they have such a nice place to live in. And uh, a, a common, I mean, this is almost bringing me to tears to talk about it, but a, mm. the comment I hear the most is something on the order of uh, people like us don't typically get to live in places this nice. Wow. Uh, you know, if they come out of prison or, or jail, uh, they're, essentially they go out a door, uh, they step out onto the street, and then they're on their own. Uh, so we're real, real happy to uh, to provide an, an intervention, basically, to keep them from going back to living on the street or yeah. whatever, or going back to the environment they came from. Uh, wow. So it, it's just, I, I could talk about this all day, but uh, it, it's it's very gratifying. Yeah. Well, ha- now, t- tell us, how does this work financially? I mean, uh, I know that you have investors and that you're always looking for them, for more of them. And, uh, you know, this is all has to work across the board to where you're also making money at the same time as, uh, uh, so explain that a little bit, uh, for our listeners. Absolutely. Sure. Sure. I have, Actually, uh, two companies, the uh, Aim High Associates, which we haven't talked about. That's a private equity company. We invest in value-priced single-family homes and typically offer those homes uh, on a lease option basis to uh, people who cannot afford a a regular mortgage on their own. Uh, So... Hmm. I started that. I've actually been investing in real estate for over 30 years since my wife and I came back from uh, Germany in 1991. Uh, but just uh, about a little over two years ago, I got into the uh, the private equity uh, company. Uh, basically, I invest in those regular single-family homes I talked about. Uh, using investors' money, and you know they're they're more than happy to have their money invested safely, securely, and uh, and getting some cash flow. Uh, while I was fat, dumb, and happy uh, renting houses out, I started having people coming to me who said, "Well, we want to uh, use this for a group home." Uh, I quite frankly had no idea what a group home was, uh, but. So in rapid succession, uh, about a year and a half ago, I rented uh, four homes to 
four different group home operators. Uh, mm. Turns out that's the word for shared housing. Uh, and I, I quickly got a reputation for uh, renting to that kind of a, uh, for, for that kind of a use. Uh, after several months of uh, people coming to me and, and renting homes for group homes, I realized, you know, I think this path is being laid for me, and I think I I, I should be uh, being the, the shared housing provider myself. So that that's what brought on the a nonprofit, uh, and that's what. Uh, that's how we have four of our own homes right now, three soon to be four oh. that, that we're using. Okay. So it, you know, it's a little bit convoluted, but uh, there's two entities, a for-profit entity that owns the homes and the uh, non-profit that rents the homes and puts the, uh, the people in the homes and yeah. provides the program for the people. Yeah. Uh, now, finally... Financially, the way the Housing Foundation works out is is we get program fees uh, that that are paid by those who are living in our homes, and uh, we pretty much come out of pocket. That is, the uh, the foundation comes out of pocket for all the house supplies uh, and you know like paper goods and cleaning supplies and uh, and things like that. Mm-hmm. The, the fees that pay basically just pay the rent on the house and the uh, the utilities. Okay. So, so, that's, so you uh, you know that's what's going on. Wow. So you've got you've got the group home for people in in transition, and then you also the other. Um, equity uh, service you provide, it seems like from what I've heard from you that you do like to, uh, with even those types of homes, to be able to service people who maybe aren't going to uh, apply or, uh, for, for a full mortgage yet. They're maybe a young couple or someone who is just, uh, you know, getting started and, and you uh, tell me about that. You give them a chance to build sure. up some equity. So it seems like you really uh, across the board, you're helping people out here is what it sounds like. I, I am. I am. <laughs> and that's totally why I got into it uh, is when, when I left the defense industry, I figured I probably, with luck and the Lord willing, I have 30 or 40 years left, uh, and, and I really wanted to make an impact. And uh, I realized I'm uh, best, like most people are best when they're helping others. Yep. Uh, so that's why I got into uh, renting, as you say, to uh, those who can't qualify for their own to own their own home. Uh, as you know. Uh, there's a lot of challenges in the housing market these days. Mortgage rates have risen quite a bit over the past couple of years. Uh, home prices are high and getting higher. Uh, home inventory is down. People have difficulty in qualifying for even a starter home. 
just because of the the conjunction, basically, between uh, high mortgage rates and uh, high home prices. Uh, It's a real challenge for uh, younger people who haven't built up their credit. It's a real challenge for self-employed people, you know, like the the lady who cuts your hair, the guy who who paints your house, uh, the landscaping service. Uh, It's really hard for them to qualify for a loan because it's hard to prove income without a W-2. In any case, uh, that's, we, we rent to uh, people like that. Uh, and and that, that's tremendous. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget the uh, person I, uh, I, I put in a home. They, they bought the lease option so that they could uh, stay in the home as, as long as they needed to until they could qualify for a loan. Two people were both about 40. They're married, and uh, they had never lived in a house in their entire life. They had hmm. been apartment dwellers as kids and as adults. Uh, it was just I, I I still remember literally tears of joy. They were crying on the porch when uh. they handed them the deeds. Uh, so, uh. so yeah, that that. That's how I got started out, and then the uh, so so we're doing that. We're doing the group homes. It's just uh, it, it's been a blessing. I, I know I've said wow. that a lot, but yeah, but it, it's but, terribly gratifying. I remember you said at the end of 2023 that uh, that was the best year of your life. Um, why was that? Well, as, as you know, uh, I started January 23 by <clears throat> climbing Mount Kilimanjaro with my daughter. Uh, it was a lifelong goal, and uh, it, it, it just kept getting better after that. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease about five and a half years ago. And uh, people thought it was inspirational that a guy with Parkinson's could climb Mount Kilimanjaro. I thought, well, what else am I going to do? You know, <laughs> I didn't think it would would be uh, inspirational, but people thought it was. Uh, so that uh, just I made lots of great relationships last year. Everybody I meet from the uh, the plumber the, to the electrician, you know, who are working on our houses, are just tremendous, tremendous people. Um, so it, when, when I say it was the best year ever, I don't mean necessarily financially or right. personal fitness or what else. I just mean everything. And uh, the, the relationships have been the, uh, the, the best part of it, uh, just, just meeting people. Um, you know, I, I like to say I feel like I'm on a path. I feel like the Lord is uh, is showing me the path. Uh, I, I feel very strongly that uh, what I'm doing with uh, private equity investing, what I'm doing with the Aim High Housing Foundation, I, I feel that that's a path that's laid for me. And things were just clicking all year long. And... Uh, by the way, 2024 is turning out to be even better. I mean, we're not even a month in yet, and uh, mm-hmm. it, it's just just uh, a, a great year. 
Wonderful. Well, uh, we'll go out with we'll go out with one one last question, which may be a, a bit of a challenge because uh, you know it's easy to talk about all the things that are doing really great, but you and I both know that we also have struggles in life. What what would you say would be your your biggest struggle uh, right now? Or maybe that you yeah, had to deal tough. with this year. Yeah. Oh, my, my greatest struggle is uh, fighting the uh, you know, fighting the belief that there's not enough time. Uh, mm. There's plenty of time to do everything uh, that's important. Uh, you know that that's the thing I think we all uh, we all struggle with is uh, getting out of our chair and doing something and making an impact. But uh, all you really have to do is show up and, and make an impact. So, you know, I, I run into a lot of people who just uh, have have given up. You know, people our age in their 60s or 70s who uh, who just give up. But no, uh, the Lord has a purpose for you, and it ain't involving sitting on the couch and watching TV. <laughs> oh boy, good word! Wow, such a good word. It's been so good to uh, to hear from you, Mike. I appreciate the encouragement to all of us to keep going. How? What if someone wants to get involved? Is there any way people can get involved with what you're doing? Maybe, may uh, we might even have somebody who's interested in investing um, or uh, at, at whatever level. Um, how would they? How would they do that? Or find sure. out. Yeah, we have two websites. AimHigh.us is a private equity company. There's a, a little bit of information there and how to contact me directly. Likewise, AimHighHousing.org. Uh, they can go there and, and learn about uh, the shared housing. And uh, we'd Great. love to have donations. So, Beautiful. or if all else fails. If all else fails, just my email, mike at ain't Okay. Uh, let's have those three one more time. Aimhigh.us is the uh, the equity Private website, right? Aimhighhousing.org, all one word. And then mike at aimhigh.us is the uh, email. Beautiful. Okay. That's great. Well, Mike, thanks for taking a few minutes with us. Appreciate it. And uh, have a blessed 2024. Guaranteed I will. And you likewise, John. We'll be in touch. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye-bye now. Bye.